Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Greg Reporter. Welcome to The Hang. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you what happened to me today. Something that my mother said to me. She said, Gregory, your gift will make room for you at the table of royalty. And I'm sitting with royalty today. This conversation for me is, yes, it's for a podcast, but this, this I'm taking personal. Welcome, a true icon of music. It's the wonderful <laughs> Annie Lennox. Hey, Laura, it's me. Oh, you didn't put somebody else's name in there, but it's Sorry, actually but a person? Yeah, her name is Laura. Yeah. She's around? Yeah, she's around. She knows that you wrote that song about her? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, boy. <laughs> and she's Scottish. With a healthy dose of Don't want to miss a word. And so here is the hang. Come on, bring it in. I'm really honored to be in the presence of the wonderful Annie Lennox. And we are in on a mountaintop in, we are. in Mallorca. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are in Annie's home. Mm. Medusa was recorded right here. Wow. Right here. And we incorporate, like there are sheep around here and they wear little bells. Yeah. Then, and each bell has got a particular tone mm-hmm. and they just ring all the time. You might hear them later. I don't know, but they just wander around. Yeah. And you can hear the sheep's bells yeah. in, the, in one of the recordings that I did, you know. The beautiful chorus that you hear in the background is uh, cicadas. And they are in... Um, Oh, shall we say uh, mating season, maybe? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> they're just, let's just say they're enjoying the sun. They're enjoying the sun and they're singing. They're singing. They're singing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're an accompaniment here all the time. Listen, you know, when let's, let's get to the real. I mean, we're, we're all just singing to, for a mate anyway, you know. <laughs> yep. But, yep. Um, but we are really honored to, to just uh, have a conversation and talk about Life, love, music, our genesis, our soil, where we come from, and what it is we're trying to do with music, mm-hmm. you know. And I was thinking, you're doing this because it's it's not what you normally do. You're, you've got to be conscious of what that is, see, doing right. a podcast. Well, listen, I realized after listening to myself on the BBC, I, I did realize, I was like, you know what, actually... I do give pretty good interviews, and and I like to have soulful conversations. Now, you know, let's do that for myself and have the kind of conversations, longer, extended conversations that I want to have and have it be actually on my terms. And we talk about the kind of things that I want to talk about, culture, mm. love, mother, being a mother, being a father. How does that change your life? How does it change your music? How does it change your art, your perspective? We'll just talk. Oh, yeah. The, the questions are secondary. Yeah. But for me, what's been most profound, and this happens after the fact, what's been most profound is to see who I am as a man and as an artist when I take a, a look back and I see the fingerprints of, of my family and my upbringing and I see who I am as a person, my insecurities. I see that in my insecurities and my love, loves in the music, in what comes out. So I'm fascinated by authentic people's journey. And in watching you and watching your career and being a fan for 
for many years, I'm fascinated by the soil of you, the dirt, the roots, mm, mm. the foundation of you. Mm. Um, where does that, the power and the depth of your voice come from? Sometimes it can come from, you know, pedigree, but sometimes it can come from pain. And um, we don't have to talk about the details of it, but, 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 where does it come from? Oh, we can talk about the details. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We can talk about the details. Yeah. Because it's so interesting, you know. Yeah. Where does it come from? I mean, it's... I think it's inherent, first of all. Mm. I think it's intuitive. I feel, and I felt for so many years, that I'm outside of a box. Mm-hmm. And looking for a tribe to belong to. Yeah. And I have realized that there is no tribe mm. to belong. Mm. It's something else. Mm. It's something else. It's almost like being born with a certain kind of otherness, this other sensibility. I was an only child growing up, and I think that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Just spending a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. So you're looking out of windows you're reading books, you're not having a lot of fun with other kids so much mm-hmm. because you just, there's no one else, you know, yeah. there to play with. Yeah. So let me tell you, like, I come from the northeast of Scotland. It's quite grey yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it's cold. And I was born in the 1950s. Yeah. And it was a very different time. This is before colour television. <laughs> Even, can you believe? I mean, now I can look back and say, I remember, I get goosebumps even talking about it, Gregory. Yeah. That I remember watching all the kids coming into somebody's house to watch a colour television set. Yeah. <gasps> so I was raised for the first eight years of my life. We lived in a two-room tenement flat. Mm-hmm. You know, the two rooms um, actually... Had many functions. Yeah, yeah. So the kitchen was the sitting room, was uh, the bedroom for my parents. Yeah. It was it was all manner of things. Yeah. The dining room it was all all one thing. Yeah. And we didn't have like a bathroom with a of the bath. We didn't have like hot cold running water. It was not like that. Yeah. And I slept in the best room at the front. And it had a pull-out bed, which was the sofa yeah. for the rest of the day. Yeah. And you know, it was no hardship. Yeah. That was not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go back to that. Yeah. But I could. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, that is where my roots come from. Yeah. My roots actually, now we're talking about roots yeah. and soil. Yeah. I come from a working class Scottish background yeah. where there was a factory across the street, red brick, yeah. where there was a slaughterhouse down the road where yeah. the the cattle were driven down. Mm-hmm. It was very bloody when you went by, you know, you saw cattle skins and hides mm-hmm. and blood and it was very strange, but it was normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What is normal to you yeah. when you're a kid? I mean, it's maybe abnormal looking back. We played in what used to be bomb sites because, you know, the, it was only 10 years after the war and Aberdeen was bombed during the Second World War. Aberdeen. You know, it's funny, like my grandfather worked in the shipyards, my father went to the shipyards at 14, he started smoking at 14, he died of cancer at 61 after a lifetime of smoking. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A different time. There is so much to the soil of me, yeah. I would say, yeah. as a sensitive, uh, kind of otherworldly kid, Yeah. going I'll tell you it's another thing. And I'm, I know I'm doing a lot of talking here. I hope no, this is no, okay. No, no, this is what's happening. This is okay. Because I can listen to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in the flow because I've had this coffee. Yeah. But it's very, I'll tell you something about yeah. me. Yeah. What it is, is that being an only child, coming from a working class background, around me, the kids spoke in a certain way. I knew how to speak like that. They had a dialect. Yeah. I could speak like them. I could, I could fit in. Yeah. But I got into a school very early that was what you call posh, uh-huh. you know. And now what defines you very often is how you speak. So when you went to school, you spoke properly, you know, with the proper accent. So I had to fit in with that. 
And I did that intuitively. So I learned, like, you sound like this at school. You sound like this with the kids outside in the street. Yeah. You sound like this when you're home with this your mother and so father. This is interesting. Yeah. And then my mother came from the countryside. Yeah. So they had a dialect. It's very dense. Yeah. And it's like another language. Right. It's like Russian, truly. You'll get that. <laughs> so I go to the countryside and I speak like them yeah. to fit in. Yeah. So a lot of my, the soil that you yeah. talk about is this thing about who am I? Where do I fit in? And it has to having that keen ear, that listening ear that goes, when I'm with these people, I sound like this. When I'm with these people, I sound like that. But that actually gave me an insecurity because I thought, I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And that question, who am I? Is the, is the one, isn't it? Who am I? But the vulnerability of that is, is even powerful. This thing that you speak of, this, um, what you're doing in using a, a different language expressions, you, you even probably in different groups hold your body a different way. Code switching. Just remembering some of my linguistics classes from 20 years ago. But it's something that, that, that black people do, that we have to do in order to traverse the terrain of... American everything, life. Everything. My mother, when mm. she was talking to the bank and wanted to sound a certain way, she, you know, hello. Yes, this is Miss Porter. Yeah. And, and she had a, but when we were in church and she was giving her testimony about how mir in, some, in some miracle way the lights were kept on or we were able to, to pay the rent or the mortgage, it was a different conversation because she knew she was with people that were from Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And so she came back to herself, which is from Shreveport, Louisiana. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you what happened to me today. A check arrived in the mail. I want you to know that a check arrived in the mail from some tax refund that I didn't get from a year ago. And... Her delivery and her conversation to the people in that arena is different, disarming, home. And if you were in Mallorca and I have a concert tomorrow mm. and you'll be attending mm. the concert tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. Mm. When you see me on stage, there are songs that are for those people in that church and my delivery and my expression and even the smells that I, that I smell in my nose are the old pages of the hymnal. It's the worn out cushions. It's the incense that are burning in the church. It's the, that's, that's the environment that I'm in when I'm singing that song. Now, when I'm delivering a song that is, that is, in a way, speaking to everybody in every culture, in every place, it's, it's um, how shall I say, it's a different delivery. Yeah. It's yeah. a different delivery. I want, I want everybody to feel like they could come to that yeah. lyric yeah. and to that understanding. Yeah. And all aspects, all approaches are authentic. There is nothing inauthentic about me stepping into the shoes of Nat King Cole and saying, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. Or singing, Mothers help your daughters, fathers help your sons. Keep them away from the cold, cruel, wicked ways of this world. Both of those are mm. part of me, part they of my are, life. You understand? I, tr I truly, truly understand. So in our lives, <laughs> we code switch. Oh. Gosh. In our lives, we code switch, no. and in our craft, we code we switch. We do, we do. Because we want, who am I? Because I am that and I am this. And I, I like the vulnerability of, for art and for, for creating, I like the vulnerability of trying to find my way in a world of white people, being a black man, 
going back home, taking the gifts of 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 my black culture and bringing it to yes. a wider world. Yes. Sometimes being outside of the box yeah. can be a disadvantage, but in times it could be an advantage because you're not led or guided by what you have to be. Right. Exactly, exactly. That's the point. So we're going back to this again. Why I said to you right at the beginning about being in the box was that my my culture, where I come from, you know, I was observing it and I couldn't find a root in it. Mm. I wanted to find a root in it somewhere, mm. but I kept thinking this is not it. I wasn't above it and I wasn't below it. Mm. I was just kind of somewhere else. And I used to kind of, well, I spent time in the countryside and I would look out of the the windows of, let's say, my grandmother's house and I would see the the, the horizon over the, the fields and I'd think, but the horizon is just that far from where it is from you, but there's beyond that, there's another horizon. It goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And I was very, very curious about life, about everything. Then... After the 50s, you see, because I was born in 54, so six years later comes the 60s. And colour, colour starts to come. Colour, culture, through the the waves of the radio, you know, we can hear, we can see, we, the television. We, I start to see, my God, modernity arrives from the old ways. Yeah. And I, can, I, I was picking up on that <laughs> very strongly, but I was so young. But I'm like a sponge. Mm-hmm. I pick up on, I don't miss things. I see the details. I realize this now. Mm. I'm like a sponge. I see it all. Being this only child, watching, yeah. listening, yeah. observing, right? Yeah. So I want to tell you about music. Let's, we'll skip it and we can come back. And, we can come back and forth. <laughs> but I want to tell you, when you talk to me about black culture, mm-hmm. it's really strange <laughs> Because black culture came to the northeast of Scotland and it came to the dance halls. And when I was about 14 and I could, and my father would allow, because I had to really persuade him, (laughs) I would be given permission to go and dance. And they would play Tamla Motown and Stax and all (laughs) the music that was coming from there, the Four Tops, the Supremes, you know, Everybody, the temptations, Stevie Wonder, when he was little Stevie Wonder, not when he's, you know, the older man with the, with the beaded, beaded hair, yeah. right? <laughs> and of course, we had the explosion in, in Great Britain. We had the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, the Who. I mean, it was a plethora yeah. of music. And the thing was that it was like breaking down all the boundaries, all the barriers. It made no difference. I didn't know what Tamla Motown meant. Yeah. I didn't know what a record company was. I didn't know any of it. Yeah. But that music, that music, honestly, it hit me so profoundly that I was singing. I was a musical kid. And being that sponge, what I used to do when I started, and I spent so much time on my own, I would listen so it would be like Aretha Franklin you know, say a little prayer. I heard that and it set me on fire. As soon as you hear the first, first notes and then she comes in, you know, the moment I wake up, that, that, just that moment I wake up. I can't ever, ever sing that. (laughs) But it's Zen. It's pure Zen. Why am I saying it's Zen? Because that phrase is so perfect, so extraordinary. And if you're a musician... You know that. Yeah. And you, you, tr- you try to just kind of copy it or yeah. enter it, enter yeah. it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're sort of embodying it. Of course, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is how we're talking about identity. We're talking about roots. And I'm understanding that actually I'm transcending them, but I can't belong. See, all my life has been, I've had the privilege And it makes me almost, I'll probably get tearful. I've had the privilege of enjoying black culture. (laughs) Mm. And my skin looks like a barrier. (laughs) 
mm. right? I don't believe in the boundaries. I don't believe in the barriers, but they exist. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. Obviously they do. Mm-hmm. But music has created a bridge. And that's where I want to be, right? That's where I want to be. Yeah. I don't want to be beholden to white privilege. Yeah. Or blackness being separate. I yeah. want to be integrated. Yeah. I've always wanted that. Yeah. So you talked about your experience with uh, hearing black music 14 and thinking of not even the separation of, of genres. You are just hearing good music. There you have it. And, um, <laughs> and this is something I, I still feel is a very big part of the music listening culture of the UK. I think people listen to, I'm a jazz singer. I'm a jazz singer, but I, I deviate. I, uh, I use all of the, I call it the, uh, the diaspora of, of jazz, yes. uh, gospel, blues, soul, music, R&B. None of those are, are disgraceful names. And I use that in, in my, uh, my approach to music. That being said, you were listening to music and you were touched by Aretha and mm. Stevie and and James and and maybe later Donny Hathaway and you know just the exquisite beauty of the whole thing. Yeah, it was okay. So the beats first. It starts with the beat. Yeah, you always have to start with the beat. It's so drum, fundamental. Yeah. You know that thing. The drum is, isn't that uh, interesting phenomena. The beat. <laughs> yeah, that we have a heartbeat. Yeah. And that we respond, dance, just to get up. I mean, yeah. we were dancing. Yeah. These white teenagers, yeah. we, we <laughs> loved to, to, to dance. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think we made any distinction. You know, I don't think we even understood. Yeah. But I understand now because I can, the internet is extraordinary because it, it is a kind of encyclopedic in that you can go back to YouTube clips of what was happening in the 60s. Yeah. And you start to see those early uh, soul train, right? Yeah. Soul train. Yeah. So that's when maybe you had, I can't remember his name, but that white guy who was the host. And then, you know. Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Yeah. So, but he stood up. But black, African-Americans are being bussed yeah. around. They cannot enter. They cannot drink at the same water fountain. They cannot go in the same hotel access. You know what I've... I discovered that. I said, oh my God, America had apartheid, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How disgusting. How yeah. disgusting. It was so disgraceful. But I've come through just loving this music. And then I discover, oh, but then there was a separation. Like the, the black audiences, they're down there on the ground. They're, they're separate. Yeah. That, but he, I, I believe... Because I've checked it out, yeah. he kind of encouraged, he kind of broke the rules a bit and said, no, yeah. no, no, we'll kind of mix it up. Yeah, it was a big we'll deal. We'll mix it up a bit. It was a big deal. Huge. It was a big deal. Yeah. It was. It was a big deal. But something I was going to say about those musical formative years that happened for you, 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. and where it led your voice. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Me, my sister, my brother, we're chilling in the living room and I can't even remember the year but this was uh, when we first were really hearing you and we said I remember the feeling that we had I, I, can't, I can't remember the conversation but I know what we, what we would have said <laughs> and, and I hope this is not disrespectful I'm curious now I'm really like what we said what that's a soulful that's a soulful white lady right there. All right, That's right a there. soulful white lady. And, oh, my God. And all of the, oh like, uh, and I love it when, oh, oh what is it? The, the constraints of, of culture and color mm-hmm. fall away. Mm. And it can happen in music. Mm. Music can, can, can do it. It does. It does. You it know. Does. It does. We're, we're, like, <laughs> we're like, okay, because let me tell you, I think your, 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 your biggest, you know, 
musical utterances, the, the very first ones that I heard, I was like, dang, she sounds like a blues singer. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like John oh, Lee Hooker. Yes. John oh, Lee Hooker would have. I know. Would have tore that up. It's and you it's tore it blues. up too. It's the blues. It's the it's blues. blues. It's blues. And this is the thing. And it's it's almost like I'm so drawn to that. Yeah. I am drawn to it. Like it's in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. My skin color is different, yeah. but my soul, yeah. my, it's like my DNA yeah. goes there. What we're speaking about is so deep. It runs so deep. It's uh, giving me just, I need to take a little pause on it because it's immense what we're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. emotional for me too. Yeah. yeah. It's emotional for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding it together over here. Yeah. And uh, we're speaking just of black and white, but it's so huge, much, huge. This, you know, often we use that as the, like, like the polar opposites, but all of the colors and all of the isms that are within that, there's gender, there's sexuality, there's health issues, there's all of yeah. it is in there. First of all, I was like, I was thinking about before I met you in person. Yeah which is such a fortunate occurrence for me because oh. there's so many ways that um, I'm taking this off on a tangent now, Gregory. Okay. Run. But, well, it was like, um, there was this list of questions, you know, for the program. <laughs> and it was like, oh, how, when did we first hang together? Well, actually, you were hanging in a poster on a wall mm. in Don Was's office mm-hmm. when I first set eyes on you. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I went into... See Dawn for the first time. Yeah. I had made, um, for my sins, I had recorded an album called Nostalgia, which is all the, it's like the classic American songbook. And I just wanted to kind of, for the heck of it, I wanted to try. Yeah. So Dawn was so kind and so sweet and he took me on, you know, and sort of signed me up for Blue Note. Yeah. And we went in there to his office and I'm just there and I see you, I didn't know who you were. Mm. I just saw you. And I'm when Don came into the office, I'm like, who's that? Who's that guy? <laughs> Honestly. And he goes, oh, that's a guy called Gregory Porter. He's just up and coming now. He's coming through. He's like, he's really, hit, he's getting in his stride. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> because it's just something about the look. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, like mm-hmm. the look. Yeah. People talk about the hat, yeah. right? Your hat. And it's such a great thing because actually maybe it was the hat. I don't know. There was just something in the visual image that mm-hmm. struck me, right? Mm-hmm. And I carried that. It, yeah. it made an impression. Yeah. All right. So I'm kind of thinking about that and I'm trying to checking out the music somewhere or another. And I'm trying to think about the next time there was some connection with you. I mean... You don't know it, but your voice has been played here Mm -hmm. so often (laughs) on a terrace just outside the kitchen. Yeah. You've been here. Yeah. Just in this disembodied way. Yeah. It was you. Yeah. You know, isn't that interesting? Like you say you heard me many years ago when you were just like with your brothers and sisters. Yeah. And you said, oh, this this white lady sounds like she has a soulful voice in some way. So I'm like, oh. That's him. And then also, so there was a moment I actually met you in person, but it was just in passing. Yeah. And you may or may not recall, but we both were in Stockholm mm-hmm. and Sting was being given a very, very special award. Yeah. And I was invited to come and perform for him. Yeah. One song of my choice. Mm-hmm. And I had to hide because I was supposed to be like the secret one right. that popped up. So we're all in the same hotel, but it was very what we call secret squirrel. Nobody could say. And I'm creeping around trying to make sure I don't bump into him. Right? So I'm going to go, I'm either coming from sound check or I'm going to the sound check. We're walking in opposite directions and I see you yeah. from the opposite end of the corridor. Yes. And there you were in person. <laughs> 
it's you like but you look the same it's the same like from the poster that yeah. I saw all those years ago and that is why I just went up to you yeah. and put my hand on your heart yeah and it was very impulsive it was yeah. I mean maybe you, you must have thought this crazy woman you know what I thought I was like oh she's sweet I say I think she looked at and see who saw who was going to be on the program and said oh I'll be nice to him because we're going to be on the program together but you didn't understand. I didn't understand. You didn't understand. I didn't understand. You didn't understand that I had already fallen absolutely in love with your musicality, yeah. your voice. I understood yeah. something about you, a core thing about you. And let me tell you, it's the strangest thing. I'm quite stoic, you know. Mm-hmm. It takes quite a bit to make me cry. Mm. I don't cry easily because I think... Easy tears are cheap tears. Mm -hmm. But there's a weird thing happens with your music. It very often makes me cry. Mm. Okay? Mm. It's the strangest thing that happened. Mm. Played it the other night. And I just like tears. Mm. Now, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? And that's why I I had to go to you because it was like, in a way, I had to kind of without words... People, I know how people have coming up to me over the years. They yeah. look at me with the biggest eyes, you know, and they say things like, um, I've grown up with your music. And I'm a bit uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm, I don't know what to do with that. You know, it's a very lovely, <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm, it's a lovely thing to say, yeah. but I don't feel like that person. Yeah. You know, that, that's a projection yeah. of me. That's, a, that's my work. That's yeah. what I've done. Yeah, yeah. But it's not me, me. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when I'm yeah. telling you this, you might find it really strange, but it's true. <laughs> it's not funny. So I've hung with you. Uh, yeah. You know, many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Musically, not Listen. in person. And I'm so loving this. Yeah. Well, see, so you, you sent me a message. And when I read the message, I said, wow. She wrote me like, like an old friend. And I love that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I said to myself... This is something that my mother said to me. I said, she said, Gregory, your gift will make room for you at the table of royalty. And I'm sitting with royalty today. And this conversation for me is, is yes, it's for a podcast, but this, this is, this, this I'm taking personal Mm. and this is elevating me. Mm. If somebody else listens and gets elevated, I appreciate that. But, but this is lifted and elevated me and we're not done talking but i'm just i've just had to say to you that that uh you already have been a gift and it's and it's really a gift to be with you with you now the the energy that you carry in your voice uh, despite whatever it is that you're singing there's a tone and a quality that suggests that you appreciate aretha oh, and sam cook good lord and uh, sure. and Ray Charles mm. and the and sure. <laughs> and when you step to the microphone mm. you bring those people mm. with you oh. well. and and you bring an appreciation of them which is mm. an appreciation mm. of truly uh mm. african american yes. culture yes. and let me say yes. if you go into a tiny black club anywhere you would be appreciated just based on who you've carried to the microphone with you for so many years. Now, you say you are not these records, but the tone and the sound that is on those mm-hmm. records, you brought those people. And, right. and right. So, I've, so I feel like, uh, like, you know, I'm not saying that I know every aspect of you. I know who you are, but I feel like that's right. I know who you that's are right. because no, of who right. you... The essence the essence. the essence is there. And what you True. choose to say. True. And for you too. And what you choose yeah. to say. And mm-hmm. I, I put all of mm-hmm. everything, I've put mm-hmm. your interviews and your conversations and, and, and where you've put your philanthropic uh, energy. I put that all in with the music as well. And so for me, the, the soulfulness goes past the voice. And I feel like I, I, I know you before I know That's you. You right. know what I mean? Well, I, I feel the same way about you. Now I'm going to say something. Because in an interview that you did, you described how as a little boy, you were about five years old and you stood in front 
of this 1970s console and you listen to Nat King Cole. Yep. And you, you felt a father figure emerge from the resonance of his voice yeah. coming out of the speaker, yeah. this little five-year-old boy. And I really got that. Yeah. And you said it soothed you. Yeah. And that maybe because your father was absent, yeah. that there was something about the male sonorific quality, maybe the vibration in the voice mm-hmm. that connect, connected to you. Yeah. You connected with that. Yeah. And I really understood. I, I was very grateful that you were able to express that. Yeah. And you said that there was a sort of maybe like a therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you heard Nat King Cole and you as a little boy and then you and then you wrote a song. What was your first song that you wrote? Tell me. Once upon a time I had a dreamboat. The dreamboat. Once upon a time I had a love. Yeah. Oh God. And I listened and I checked out your lyrics. Yeah. And I know that you go to water quite a lot. Yeah. I wanted to talk about water with you, yeah. Gregory, because, you know, as a writer, I, I've also written about water. Yeah. Here comes the rain again. Yeah. 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 And so I believe, this might sound a bit loopy, but it's interesting how you have gone to water and spirit. Because also I identify with that. I think that water is the essential uh, it's essential for life that we are, I don't know what the percentage is, 70%, 80% of the human body is composed of water, you know, but it's essential to us. Yeah. We must drink water. Plants must have water, you know, yeah. this whole beautiful cycle of how life. the rain comes down and, and it comes down and then the plants, and we have the, the light and all of the, whatever happens, it's a circle, yeah. a circle of life. <laughs> but I noticed how you refer water even that you know the the dream boat there's a dream mm-hmm. and a boat that is floating on water mm-hmm. i mean it's so deep mm-hmm. but it's, it's simple too yeah isn't it yeah. it's a metaphor yeah. already unknown to you unbeknown to a what is it like a five seven year old boy it was yeah. your first song yeah it's your first piece of poetry yeah how how beautiful is that <laughs> <laughs> and you know what my first poem was it was really strange so i'm a kid I'm 12, 11 years old in the classroom and the English teacher says, I want you to all to write a poem. And I was like, oh my God, I really want to write a poem. I don't know why, but I did. Mm. And my first poem, you know, violence. Mm. That was the title, mm. violence. There was some pain that I needed to express and it came out in about three minutes. I wrote it down yeah. and I took it to the teacher and he was like, you wrote, you wrote this? Wow. And I said, yeah, I wrote it right now. I felt so good mm. because that, how can I say, that expression, Yeah. the need to express is like you talked about it as a pain. You said something about having a pain in mm. your heart. Yeah. Right? yeah. And how after you had written something, it was like almost like a soothing, you felt... It's hard to find the words for this. It's almost like by the through the, the manifestation of the poem, through the manifestation of the music and the song, there's a resolution. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I find as, uh, and everything is clear in high, hindsight in a way, I find that I'm writing some wrongs that have happened in the past, giving some clarity or some redemption to something that's happened. I do it with small disrespects and large mm. disrespects, culturally and personally. Yeah. You you wanted to talk about water. I could. I don't, I don't know that I've ever really explained the song. Water pouring down the sidewalk, cleaning windows clear to see, washing gumdrops down side gutters. Rust in chains and saving me. Green in gardens, drowning ants. Changing rhythms, bruising plants. Gray in vistas, soulfully. And again, it's saving me. So, this is coming from, the genesis is coming from some of my mother's sermons. 
this idea of of water regenerating, renewing, cleansing. You can start all over again. Uh, you can Beautiful. be renewed, cleansed, Beautiful. washed. Beautiful. Also, this idea of washing gumdrops down side gutters. The gumdrop is pain. The gumdrop, washing gum, is this thing that you've been chewing on for years. Spit it out into it out, the side gutter right. and let the right. water wash it let, away. Let it take it away. You know? And, but ulti- ultimately, the song is written in a bit of pain. Mm. Mm. So the bridge, Ooh, wash me, wash me, wash me. Let me rest in you. Let me flow away to glory. Save me, save me, save me. Okay. That section I'm thinking about my ancestors and I'm thinking about water, its cycle. So what is it? It, it evaporates, it, it, it goes up, it condenses, and it comes back down. It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. Shape-shifting. <laughs> same stuff, coming mm. back and forth and back and forth. So, mm. in the Middle Passage, when I say ancestors, I mean distant ancestors. The Middle Passage. I was reading this story about the Africans knew they were being taken to something treacherous based on the conditions in which they were in on the ship. And at the moment of breaking free or at the moment at which they were given some chore to do on the ship, many of them chose to go into the water with no land in sight. And so I'm speaking for them in that moment. And I had the question, when they jumped into the water, did they swim? Did they just lie and float? I, I like to think that they were, they had such resolve that they just went into the water, wash me, save me, cleanse me, and take me into another dimension. Dimension. This is what I was thinking of at the time, Mm. because the strength and courage that it takes to take yourself and your child into the water, certain death, and release into the water, save me from this. Now, that's heavy, and it's probably too much to put into a song of it. redemption. You've done it, though. You've done it. I've done it. You've done it so elegantly. And it clean- You've un- just unpacked it right now. Yeah. And yeah. it makes me feel yeah. like I've given them something. They might not even know. <laughs> yeah, and that's so beautiful. Here's the deal. That's the beauty of lyrics combined with music. Yeah. That actually what you just sang is not inaccessible. Yeah. You didn't have to be too weighty about it. You didn't have to write a whole thesis on it. Yeah. You just delivered it. But you know that packed inside, if you just go deeper in like an onion, the layers are telling a far deeper story. Yeah. 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 And you, you know this. I'm sure you know this device. There's an energy and a fuel and maybe uh, coal is a bad <laughs> analogy to no, use. No. But uh, but a mm-hmm. a a... a there's something that is the combustion to some of the songs. And often the audience won't even know what it is. They don't. What? But they feel it, but they feel right. it. Right. What is the power and That's energy right. behind this? What, what? is driving right. this train? Right. And right. it could be it could be your mama, it could be the soil, the roots, the right. So you, you I love how you started the conversation off and telling me about the cow hides, the smell, the blood, mm. the the working classness of it all. Sometimes in the African-American experience, sometimes we think that we have uh, a lock and a the only pedigree on struggle and on, on difficulty, on life, on work, on, on a difficult journey. And 
I'm I'm not I'm not saying that it's a that poverty or poverty around the world or that being in difficult situations is a badge of honor, but it is something when you've when you can rise above it, when you can take yeah. other people with you, yeah. it is something yeah. to be celebrated. Yeah. That that you have that you came from yes. from from yes. from this place. When you I came agree. from those people that they said had no majesty mm-hmm. and you are a queen, mm-hmm. guess what? It's it's powerful for everybody. It elevates everybody. But see, um okay, I have a chance to kind of talk about the same thing going deeper. So I thought I knew about poverty. I really did, you know. I got it because I'm from a working class background and we were, you know, we had to kind of like count every penny and yeah. we had to economize it. It wasn't, it wasn't a hardship, but I could feel the tension in the house yeah. because we didn't know if my father might have a job the next week. It's this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. My mother sighed a lot. It was very tough. It was yeah. tough. Okay. That, that's fine. It's yeah. not a sob story. Yeah. But there's another kind when you go to, countries where and it's this is a woman's thing now yeah. for me this is yeah. really where my my gender comes into this yeah my motherhood comes into this yeah. my girlhood comes into this yeah i have seen women girls um with disempowerment through poverty yeah. And it goes generationally. I'm not saying it's not also the men, but I must talk for my gender. And I know that those girls that I'm looking at are pregnant by the age of 12, 13. They're going to have another baby and then they're going to have another baby. And they're not getting any access to sexual reproductive health care. You know, when they're little girls, they're not going to get access to primary school because the brother will be, or their brothers will maybe get, because the parents can't afford to pay for the school fees. Yeah. And the, the girl, she's put L- to one side. Less than, yeah. Less than. So I've seen that on a big scale in Africa. When I say Africa, you know, Africa is a continent. Yeah. Africa is many different countries. Yeah. So we cannot just say Africa and think, it's just one bit, one country. It isn't. Yeah, yeah. There's different cultures. There's all manner of things going on in Africa. Yeah. But in places where the worst kind of poverty exists, you know, yeah. it's where the people come in and they've done this for centuries. People come from the rural places seeking work, seeking employment, seeking a future, and they end up in a township in a worse off situation than they were even when they were home yeah, and they're stuck. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'm, I, I will go to post-apartheid South Africa, for example, in some places it's worse than it was. Yeah. It's terrible. And it breaks my heart because the dream, the dream of Nelson Mandela, the rainbow nation su- supposed to be, yeah. has been let down. And I know it's only, 25 years or something like that. But, you know, in my youth, let's say, you know, we never thought apartheid could be overcome. Never. Yeah. The system was so strong. Yeah. And yet, it happened. It fell, yeah. It happened. Yeah. And you saw, oh my God, now South Africa is going to be a shining vanguard of potential possibility for all of Africa, for the whole world. It's, that's it. That's the end of racism, the end of bigotry, the end of it. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Kind yeah. of business as usual yeah. and kind of for many people worse. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting very passionate and very riled up about it, but that is in my heart of hearts. I feel so, huh, I don't know where to put, I, I, I can, I can work in small bites, I can yeah. I can make small contributions. Yeah. Do you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. And and this is a this is a strange time. This is a strange Ooh. time because Ooh. just when we thought we were going as a as a people as a world going in a in a Better certain direction. direction of progress, mm. then comes. Now we were talking about diversity. <laughs> now we're talking about polarization. Now we go to polarization. You know. 
I mean, we could we could start mentioning names no, around the world, people who have we who don't have need like, to mention names. We don't need to mention we names. We don't even need to talk. We don't even need to get. <laughs> we don't, because we know what we're talking about. And it seems like we're taking steps backwards. It kills me. And it kills me. But in our own way, something that you mentioned about uh, if this is a gift, if this is a resource that we have in right. music, right. then we can. Mm-hmm. We can squander it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with only thinking of things that make that that can make people's ass shake. We can only use it in 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 ways that will uh, aggrandize us or fill our bank accounts. Or we can save something that is in the direction right. of progress right. for 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 everybody. Mm. I'm not saying it has to happen with every utterance and no. every note. But if you're if the intention is in your heart, it will come out in in the music and in your craft. And and in that the times that we open our mouths, sometimes we have people's hearts in the palm of our hands. And if we can make them feel and think about the people that are on the underneath, the people that are less than, the people who are considered less than, if we can think about the woman and the child and the person of color and think about them being on a... Uh, not an elevated place, but an elevated place from where they are, an equal place, and we can say that in the music, then, then we've done something. And we've been worthy of our gift then. Now you've become worthy of your gift. When I sing and I go somewhere around the world, yes, they pay me, but did I do something that was worthy of my gift? I need to leave the stage being worthy. Sometimes I get upset with myself because I haven't uh, managed my time properly on stage and I didn't say the one thing that I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't sing the utterance that I wanted to yes, say, the yes. message that I wanted to yeah. leave them. Yeah. And because I always want to leave the stage worthy of, of my gift. Well, yeah. I had an idea. Okay. okay. So I'm going to tell you this. All right. So this is very risky of me. But you don't know it. Okay. But, okay. So I love Here, Laura, It's Me. Mm. I listened to that song so many times, mm. I cannot tell you. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about the genesis of the songwriting and the way you've performed it and recorded it that there's a magic in that song. I could go on and on about it, but I'll probably spare you all of that. <laughs> If I'm in love with a song, yeah. I just, you probably do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You imbibe it. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't, I was listening, I was listening to the nuances of the phrasing and how casually you come and say, hey, Laura, it's, you know, mm-hmm. and hey, Laura, like, hey, Laura, it's me, it's mm. me, you're just there, I'm outside the door, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're apologetic, but I had to. I had to ring because I had to ring your doorbell so late. Yeah. But there's something bothering me. Yeah. I really am sorry. So you're you're being you're being formal. Yeah. But yeah. something you can't. The question comes out: Is there someone else instead of me? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lie. Lie to me, lie to and me. I will believe. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by love in spite of the facts. Because love has a mind of its own and it has its mm-hmm. own journey. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can be in, you can be in love with someone who's, it's impossible for them to love you back. But that love is still there. So go ahead and lie to me. Just lie to it. me. I'm, it, I'm, I know that you're lying to me and I'm cool with it. Because love that lives Ooh. within me is still, wow. there's still some satisfaction in it again. <laughs> oh, Go ahead and lie oh, to me, and God. and I will believe that your love is it's, it's impossible for a river to flow uphill. That's the thing. I say that the rivers of your love flow, flow uphill. uphill. Yeah. They flow uphill. <laughs> and you know, that line kills me. It's, you put the impossible mm. there. Mm. And it, where does it flow? Uphill? To me. To me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this... This is why, as a songwriter, yeah. as a as a singer, this song is a song of songs. Mm. 
truly. Mm. I don't say this. I don't get a chance to meet other people that I think are great. Um, there's a couple of songs that other people have written that if I got to meet them, I would say, ooh, that line. But you've yeah. written in, in Hey Laura for me and the yeah. other songs too, but this one, yeah. this one. Yeah. So so I, I'm going to be a bit hubristic. I would like to oh, sing the first line. The first few lines, yeah, and maybe we could put that in the in the. Absolutely, I'm embarrassed. Are you kidding? It would be an honor, truly. But it's just because I have studied it. It would be. I've an got honor. another room where it's a bit more resonant. Yeah, and I've got a little keyboard. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, but if I could sing it to you, yeah, with my my kind of interpretation. Okay, the tempo slower. So it's so interesting because, uh, yeah, I, maybe you've read in an interview, or maybe you don't know. Laura is Scottish, you know, but we met in the in the states, and uh, oh, you didn't put somebody else's name in there, but it's actually a person. Yeah, her name is Laura. Yeah, she's around. Yeah, she's around. She knows that you wrote that song about her. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> She's uh, she's so cool though. Is she cool? With she's it? so cool. I mean, she's, you wrote that song about her. Yeah, and, and she's but she's so cool. Uh-huh. She, <laughs> <laughs> and she's Scottish. With a healthy dose of So cool though. She's like she, you know, does her little thing. She works for a little organic salad company in in uh, Denver, Colorado. She's like, did it do well for you? I was like, yeah, yeah. It kind of bought me a house, you know. <laughs> wow. She's very sweet. Wow. But, uh, I, well, I mean, we're not I, like everyday I, talking I, I, buddies. I, I, oh, but... oh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> When did you write that song? How many um, years ago was this? Well, it. You remember? I, yeah, it was real. Just getting the um, music for uh, for be good, or 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 is it on yes. or is it on Liquid Spirit? Just I just, think it's on Liquid Spirit. Yeah, but I think I've I you know it's funny. I always have one song before that I don't put on that record, and right. I'm like, it'll end up like like right. like I had be good for the first record, but. I don't know, maybe in my mind I was like saving it for, you know, I literally left the studio the final day of making Water, the first record, thinking I had recorded Be Good. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, so yeah, we got Be Good, we got Water, we got, you know, we got good songs. And I was like, something's And then we're doing the mix. I was like, wait a minute, I forgot Be Good. Literally. Are you kidding me? Like the people that were coming to my live shows were like, Dude, what? <laughs> why is it be good on? I was like, oh, oh my I'm, god! I'm sorry, guys. I How just, funny is that? Because I'm because I'm like the producer, and I'm worrying. I'm like, ah, you were did, producing it. Did, well, there was nobody else like counting. You know, there's, there was nobody. It's because it's the first record. I'm oh like, did everybody Lord. get sandwiches? Come Does Chip on, has an doing... ashtray for his cigarettes? Shh, Does uh, is there enough? Oh, okay. Do we got rides for everybody to get back wow. home? There was, you know, it was that oh. kind of thing that I I didn't. I, you know, oh I didn't God. have everything together. I was writing everything down. So obviously the memory was from years past, but um, the feeling, Ooh, you know. I tell you what, I know that feeling that you're yeah. talking about. It is terrible, this ache that you have and you're caught, you know, this, it's that. I think maybe that's why I'm so yeah. in love with the song because... Yeah. It's the impossibility of it. Yeah, yeah. So this was an interesting thing. Okay. Somebody just reminded me the, the, recently 
um, how the, the life of a song, right? So I had just broken up with a significant relationship uh, that I, the person I was with in San Diego. And I wrote a song about that, which was Water Under Bridges. Mm. And again, water. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so I was doing a play and my about it's called Nat King Cole and Me years ago. And my brother was also there. And my brother was the one that kept telling me, Will you get over get over this this girl? Get over this girl. Yeah. So if only. So then the lyric was somebody told me get over yes, it. Yes. It's like water yes. under bridges oh. that have already burned. So as this is funny, as I'm on my way. To meet this new girl that I met, Laura, I wrote Water Under Bridges. Oh, oh my God. Oh, and my God. I, and I was oh like, my God. I remember going, I remember the corridor coming oh. out of the theater and going to this lunch place on the street. That's where I wrote Water Under Bridges. And I, and I know exactly where I was going to meet Laura for lunch. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, this is how these two songs live yes, together. Yes, it's yes, It's so yes. funny, and it's so wow. funny. Wow. You know, and and they kind of <laughs> intertwine. The impossibility Shh. of love. Again, I'm. it's like, so. Right. Water under bridges that have already burned is, Oof, the bridge is burned, line. the water is gone. <laughs> the impo- This is the impossibility. That's it, that's it. It's it's brilliant. It's so it's so great. I mean, you know, that's the that's the thing that I respond to because I know yeah. you know it's like water under bridges that have already burned. Yeah, that line. There was a line. I'm just gonna quote you just for fun. Yeah. So when we wrote, here comes the rain again. Yeah. We were in a little me, and I say we was me, Dave, and Chucho Marchan, who was a bass player. Yeah, he came along. We're in a tiny hotel room in a hotel in Columbus Hotel, which was cockroach infested up somewhere in New York, looking over Central Park. And the rain was coming down. And I was in a dark mood. I, I Don't be fooled. I have a very depressive side to mm-hmm. me. Okay, mm-hmm. Somewhat. Mm-hmm. I have some shadow. And we were standing in this and I was kind of... Sometimes that, you know, before you get to do something creative, you kind of sometimes feel a bit strange. I've noticed that. And the line came, looking out the window, here comes the rain again. Yeah. Here comes the rain again. And it's weird because the second line came, falling on my head like a memory. Yeah. (laughs) It's a memory, you know? How does rain fall on your head like a memory? It's and rain, you know, it's a metaphor for depression or sadness. Yeah, the mood. Yeah, here comes the sadness again. Yeah, and I remember it. I know this well. Falling on my head, like a new emotion. Mm -hmm. Because what's a new emotion? We know we don't have new emotions. We have our emotions that we're so familiar with so I made it a new emotion yeah. you know, let's do something different with this yeah I want to walk in the open wind I want freedom I want to talk like lovers do I want love to come uh, I want to talk like lovers do uh, I want to dive into your ocean let me dive into your ocean want to dive into your ocean I just want to surrender is it raining with you it's like an invitation you know it's it's very it's um it's very um sensu- sensual yeah but not it's not a, a, in an ex- extraneous way it's just like it's the longing yeah it's the longing yeah and this is the kind of ache yeah here comes the rain again you know yeah Ooh. I know we don't have any more time. 
well. I you think know, we've spoken we could, for five hours, is it? We could probably. How did, where did the time go? Where did the time go? And you oh. know, we could we could talk for we could we could on keep going. We could keep going. We've not even scratched the surface. I knew. <laughs> I knew. You knew we were friends already beforehand. I've been your friend before we even met. There you go. Even if you didn't want to be my friend, I was your friend. Does that make sense? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I just, uh, I just know you. Yeah, I know you. And yeah. I said to Mitch, my husband. Yeah, I know him. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it and it happened. So there yeah. we are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. We could just. She's do gonna our- let me. She's gonna let me come back. You know. Maybe. Maybe we just. I'm gonna just come with that recorder, and we're gonna sit and have dinner, or we're probably gonna cook. Actually, do you cook, know, and then we're gonna that, eat. Did you see the kitchen? Because the kitchen yeah. is like it's your pl- it's, yeah. that's for you. Oh, that's honestly amazing. that's your kitchen because that is a great kitchen to cook in. It's crazy. And, and I was like, Gregory would like this. Yeah, I sure would. <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. Yeah, Gregory would really like to cook oh, here. Oh man, yeah. So I, I hope we can do some of that later. Mm. Um, you've touched my heart with your music, and come to find out. In meeting you, I have touched yours, and uh, more than you know. Oh, you know. You know now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been uh, really special. Mm. Thank you so much. We did hang before, <laughs> spiritually and literally. We hung on the wall. <laughs> That's right. You were uh, up there. Yeah, yeah. In t- a poster. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful poster. Yeah. It's so true. It's fantastic. That's the hang. It's fantastic. <laughs> the hang is about me. Yeah. Hanging on posters around the world. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks again to my guest, Annie Lennox. You've been listening to The Hang, a cup and nuzzle production. Clap your hands now. Don't forget, you can listen to The Hang on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast thingamajig of your choice and get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. This is Gregory Porter. Come on, bring it in. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.